This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. All right, welcome back to Drive the Lane on the Field of 68, presented by Bet Rivers. Here's the deal. We haven't talked to you since the Buckeyes last played because they haven't played. And we don't have a former player. We have a TV basketball analyst on the show, John Crispin for ESPN. And guess what? He's calling the Minnesota game tonight if you're listening, or he called the Minnesota game yesterday if you're listening on a Friday. So here's the deal. We talk all things Big Ten with him, talk about the Buckeyes, and we're not going to talk about it twice, right, Joe? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, obviously the main point of focus of this episode is is we're previewing Minnesota. We're previewing Minnesota because John's going to be in the barn calling the game. Talking about that, a team that a lot of people don't know much about, but is very, very solid this year. And then we're also a little, little, little sprinkle of Purdue because um, we play Purdue this weekend, and that's the biggest game of the season. But Minnesota's the biggest game of the season because the biggest game of the season is always the game that you're playing. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like, my Nuggets thoughts before the game, obviously nothing has changed before since the last episode when we talked about lineups and all that fun stuff. To me, we know Justice is out. We know Seth is out. Will Michi Johnson play? And you're probably listening to this, and you already know that he's been cleared to play or whatever. We don't know yet. All I know is that little insider information. Uh, I saw on his Instagram story that he was on a plane today, and I can only imagine that that plane was heading to Minnesota. So at least he's traveling. Would he not go for sure if he wasn't playing? He didn't travel travel when they went to Indiana, and he didn't play. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, would be fun if they didn't have Michi or, or Jamari Wheeler. That'd be fun. Yeah, and, and is Jamari Wheeler going to play? That's the other point, right? It's like, holy moly, we <laughs> that would be tough if those yeah. two guys aren't playing. Granted, I can't even – we'll talk about it more with Crispin, but, like, the atmosphere and the barn, even when Minnesota is just average like they are right now, average to good, they are a good team. Like, that place – I only played there once in four years, the only place that I played one time only in the Big Ten. So cool. So cool that my dad went and watched the game when we when I wasn't even in school anymore. Um, it's just it's unbelievable the atmosphere. The court is raised. It's just so unique and awesome. So that's something to look for. Um, you know, we'll we'll save you all. Of, who cares what we have to say? Let's talk to the expert. Let's hear what he's got to say, and then stay tuned to the end of the episode after John, where we kind of give our two cents a little more in depth quickly about Purdue and what Purdue looks like, what it's going to take to beat them, and, and then we'll get you on your way. Let's get to John Crispin right now. All right, join us now on Drive the Lane. Call in the game tonight, John Crispin. John, I'm going to take a page out of your book here. First question, how have I not been on your show yet? <laughs> That's true. It's because I don't really do anything for the shows I'm on. I just show up. You know, I might as well be a guest on, on, on the shows I host, or I should say co-host. I can't really say I host it because there's someone else that tees everything up and, you know, teases to break, which I always make fun of them for. It's always pretty lame. It's like, <laughs> don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to tell you who's going to lose first in the NCAA tournament. It's just silly teases like that. I don't have to do that stuff. I just got to talk when it's my turn. And we have producers that do it. Like, I, I don't know how Joey got on the show. Like, who called you? How'd that work out? Your producer reached out on Twitter. I was like, man, 
I'll go on Sirius XM radio. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah, that's big time. I mean, I don't want to say that like we, we must not have been able to get Holtman or somebody, but it's good. It's good that we got you. Yeah. Andrew, no, Andrew, no. you're next on the list. Don't worry. Yeah, I love it, it's funny Andrew said that because usually John, when we have guys on the on the podcast, it's former players and or yeah. current players or coaches or whoever around Ohio State or the Big Ten, where you know I have a long-standing relationship with them, and I start every episode by accident by saying something to the effect of, "Hey, this is a long time coming. Glad you could join us." In this scenario, <laughs> alluding to what Andrew just said, you basically just asked to come on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so yeah, it's a short time coming. I, I mean, it was a combination of asking to come on, which is like a search for relevance. You know what I mean? You get to a certain <laughs> point in your career where you just want to maintain some sense of relevance. And I'm not big on Twitter. So I don't have a lot of those quote friends, you know, like people don't know I exist beyond like what I do in television. So I did, I asked and it was a, it was a combination of asking out of a desire and also asking out of like what, you know, WTF man, like how come man, like well, you, you it, know how to find lined, me. It lined <laughs> up perfectly now because you're calling the game tonight. Yep. So obviously that's what we're going to talk about first and foremost it's a game tonight, and I assume you've got uh, EJ Liddell circled on yeah, some of the good. some of the Buckeyes to talk about. But curious who you're like, ooh, maybe this guy will heat up because I can tell this story or something like that. Well, I would love it if Branham just continued to heat up. I mean, he's that guy that he's like the missing link that isn't just a suing, right? Like he's the missing link because when he scores, they look really good. When he scores, it gets easier for EJ Liddell. You know, all of a sudden, everybody looks like an all-star when you have a guard around the perimeter who can score. And it's been a challenge for him. You know, they're figuring it out with Jamari Wheeler, who's not really a scoring guard. He makes you better, but he may not really make you good offensively. And I think that's an adjustment. It doesn't mean that you go away from that. You still have to play to that strength because you are better with him on the floor. But you got to find other guys that can take the attention away from EJ because he's been getting, I mean, double, triple teams. It, people think that, if he's getting doubled, that's part of the game plan. It's not just part of the game plan. It's part of the subconscious scouting report. I mean, you, you go through scouting reports, and when such a heavy emphasis is on one guy, your subconscious takes you to him in the game as a player, as an opponent. You, you see where he's at at all times. If, if you feel like he has an opportunity to score, multiple players flock to EJ Liddell, which means somebody else has to be a threat. And, you know, you know, your second lead score should be up around 15, 16 points a game, the way the game's played these days. I mean, quite frankly, if, if I had it my way, I'd have three guys averaging 20 points a game. <laughs> yeah, we may not play a lot of defense, but the game is spread so much today. Just like, the you know, the NFL, college football, everybody runs a spread. College game, everybody runs a four out, one in, a five out, none in. And if you can't find balance with multiple guards being able to be a, a consistent threat, it's hard to win at this level, at least consistently. And now you see what happens with an IUPUI. It's different, right? It's, it's not the same level, but you're playing against common opponents that have a sample size against you, meaning they know exactly what you do. They know where your vulnerabilities lie. They know how to attack you. That's where you need balance. And I think it's kind of the one thing missing for Ohio State because all the fundamental things, the, the foundational principles, all good always there with Chris Holtman, but that secondary third score, even a four score who on any given night could give you 20. Those guys are key. Yeah. I, well, we kind of refer to it on 
the show is is finding you know EJ's Robin, right? He's yes. got to yep. got to find his Robin, and and it's bounced around to different guys, and a lot of guys are capable. Malachi is the number one guy who, yeah, we assume moving forward it will be. Obviously, you throw out just as soon because who knows when he returns. Yeah. We, we thought it was end of January. Obviously, it is the end of January, and he's still not here. So hopefully sooner rather than later. If it's not Malachi, if it's not Justice, who do you turn to? You know, you may just have to play big, and you may have to really, you know, kind of buck the trend and say, all right, EJ, we're really going to use you around the perimeter unless you get the matchup that you like, and maybe then you you flash down to the post. But, you know, you played through Zed Key. I, I, I think he's been really good. He's a guy that the more he gets the ball, the more interested he is, the better he is on defense, which is kind of typical of most guys. Maybe the thing is, like, most of us who know Batman and Robin, nobody wants to be Robin. And it's not that he's the, you know, he's number two. It's that Robin was kind of a dork. You know what I mean? Maybe we need to come up with something better. Like, well, Zed Key is a dork, so that will fit. Okay, in so, really, so he really does. Well. He does fit, but but like the whole look, right? The whole Robin look is just, it's just kind of weak. So so maybe you need to come up with something something better. Who's like an NBA comparison, right? It's like a you know, obviously this isn't working very well, but like a Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like either one yeah. of the guys to go for fifty, you know? Yeah, so, something like that. I just I think part of it is. A lot of people assume, you know, Batman's this big, strong guy. Robin's got to be a smaller guard, right? If EJ's yeah. a big guy, Robin's got to be a guard. It could easily be Zed Key. You know, when we when they played Duke, Zed had his career high, and that's why yep. he won the game. You know, but so Rob, Robin could also just be complimentary. I think that's the thing. Like totally, you know, Batman was so cool, he needed a dork to compliment him. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's why I remind my wife all the time. She was the four point four dork. You know, she was that she was that student. And I remind her she's got like five degrees. I, I remind her all the time, like, you're just the perfect compliment for me because basically because of how cool I am. You know, um, she, she probably really appreciates loves that. that. But yeah, she totally loves it. Um, she she knows not to take me too seriously. Uh, but it, it's it's really about finding compliments. And if two bigs and, and I don't even know if I can call EJ Liddell a big anymore. Yeah, he's he's more like a Jay Sean Tate to me with more skill. Yeah. Right. Like Tate had that play any role play any position and thrive in it that's why he's you know doing as well as he is right now and ej's kind of turned into that where you can play around him as a ball mover you can play around him as a screener he's made better decisions around the perimeter and then when he gets a matchup he likes he does end up in the post which is fine he's good face up good back to the basket so you just need something that can complement his skill set which should be easier than you think given the fact that his skill set is is so so rangy well, how do you how do you stop EJ Liddell? And and let's say let's say Malachi gets going. How do you how do you stop those guys if you're a Minnesota? Because yeah. and obviously we want to hear you can't. That would be a great yeah. answer that yeah. we'd love to hear. But we've we've seen Ohio State lose this year, you know. So what can Minnesota do to win the game tonight as six point underdogs? Yeah, and there's a lot of times where. Ohio state loses and someone who's not emotionally invested in it, like myself, I watch it and go, they just didn't make open shots. They got looks like it's, it's kind of one of those, like if you really look at it objectively, you say you kind of throw your hands up and say, just miss shots. You make shots, you win that game. It's really simple. Like you go to, you go to Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin doesn't make the shots they make and Ohio state makes a few more. You win that game. And it's that simple. It's like basketball's that finicky. You think it is so cut and dry where you do X, Y, and Z and you'll win the game. It's, it doesn't work that way. So for me, 
I look at defense and I look at offense a lot differently than people like to think it's played. To me, defense is forcing the shot that I'm okay with in a, in, in a time when my defense behind me is in position to rebound. So it's, it's not about stopping every shot. It's not about stopping him getting catches. It's just about him forcing, forcing him to take tougher shots, right? What shot do I want EJ Liddell to shoot? I want him to shoot a 15, 16 foot pull up. So, so I want to, I want a gap. If it's a big, I want a gap enough where he needs to pull up for a jump shot. And I want to contest the shot. So long as I have defense behind me contest, uh, to, to get the rebound. And if it's a guard, I want to force him to put it on the floor, beat him to the spot, force him to shoot over top of me. The problem is so many defenses are, are geared around not letting the guy shoot at all. And I think it's, it's kind of, that's old school, right? The, the old school mentality is when you watch film and I know back in 99, 2000, 2001, when I was at Penn state, we watched film and I would laugh at our coach and, and I'd say, coach, if you had your way to score, it'd be one Oh five to nothing. Like it doesn't work that way. And the truth is without the opponent scoring, sometimes you don't get the flow that you want on the other end. So, so it's about sometimes forcing that tough shot creates flow for you. And, and it's, it's a weird way to look at defense. It's almost pick the shots that you're okay with giving up. And to me, it's figure out what you're willing to be beaten by. Right. I think that's, it's such a, it's such a weird way to look at it. Like I would look at certain shots and say, I'm willing to let EJ Liddell beat me by taking this shot, this shot, and this shot, but I'm not willing to let him beat me here on the block. I'm not willing to let him beat me as a ball mover from the top of the key where he can just catch and shoot open threes. I'm not willing to let him do that. I'm, I'm willing to make him work and take tough shots. If he makes tough shots, he's better than us on that given night. And I, I think the game's going to get there eventually. That's how the NBA games played. And, and it's, it's played very similarly overseas where you look at a scouting report and you say, all right, these are the tendencies based on those tendencies. This is what we're willing to allow him to do. Because when we try to stop everything, that's when he beats us. When we try to stop everything, that's when he gets layups. When we try to stop everything, that's when he gets a wide open three because we're chasing. So I, I would pick a few shots, obviously a 15 to 17 foot pull up jump shot off the bounce. That's I would force it every single time if I could. Well, not that I, he can't make them, but I, I think you bring up a great point because why I think the Big Ten is the greatest conference in the country is because it's uh, it's the best scouted conference, right? Okay, I mean, every coach knows exactly what play is being run from the other team. They know all the tendencies of each player, and that's why the games sometimes turn into rock fights, for lack yes. of a better term. And it's, you know, it's exactly what you're talking about. It's not necessarily because we're, you know, they're trying to stop them. It's because, hey, we know that Justin yep. Arns, you got to make him take a dribble, run him off the three-point line. Yep. You know, therefore, his, tendon, his, his percentages are going down. Ohio State's scoring less, yep. yada, yada, yada. And you talk about making or missing shots, and that's the first guy that comes to mind, honestly, because when he's making shots, Ohio State is hard to beat. As an offensive-minded player like he is, where truly it sure seems like the only impact he has is whether or not he's scoring, which casual basketball fans yell at me on Twitter all the time about take Justin Arns out of the game when he's yeah. not – when he's not making shots, but we know even, even you, Andrew know that like, uh, you know, it's much more than that. What do you think mindset wise, Justin can do to kind of get out of the slump that he's in? Well, first you need to take the pressure off yourself of making shots. The key is get good looks by spacing the floor. When you space the floor, you allow your teammates to play four on four because no one's leaving Justin Arts. Like we've seen enough tape on him to know that if he gets hot, game over. 
So no one's leaving him. That's, that's key. Be a floor spacer. I, I wish I did this better as a player. There were times when I did it. Like we played Wisconsin, uh, the year Wisconsin, I guess it was 2000. Year Wisconsin went to the uh, Final Four. And Wisconsin tried to slow it down. It was pack line defense. They were scoring 50-some points a game. It was boring as anything. And my brother just kind of came out and said, forget that. We're not running our stuff. We're going to run a ball screen. John's going to stand in the ball side corner, which means there's not going to be any help, and we're just going to play ball screen offense. And we did it. I mean, I, I don't think our coach probably called plays, but we did it. My brother had 36. I think I had 14. And most of the time, I was the decoy. And I gained confidence as a decoy because I saw other guys get better because of my skill set that I didn't even have to apply. It's the psychological thing. And that's the thing. Like, if, if there are times when I want to talk to shooters and be like, Yo, do you realize how valuable you are even when you don't shoot? Like, we put this pressure on ourselves that we have to make shots when in reality, you just have to be you. You're already on the scouting report, not because you've missed shots, but because you're a threat to make them. So treat yourself and think of yourself the way your opponent thinks of you, and it'll completely change your mindset. Now, very few people had to convince me to be confident, <laughs> but it was confident, kind of direct or guided confidence, right? Like, where did my confidence lie? My confidence lied in my ability to make shots. Well, there's a time where you got to grow up and you got to mature enough to mature a, a little bit to, to get to the point to say, even if I'm not making shots, I still have to space. I still have to relocate to the open spot because that leads to a long closeout. The long closeout for me is a dribble, drive, and kick, which is a wide open shot for somebody else. So it's about the fluidity of the game and your spacing because of the threat that you are, regardless if you're missing or making shots. We're so outcome-oriented, right, as fans. We say, oh, he's, make, he's missing shots. He's terrible. Get him out. No, you don't realize that you're better with him on the floor even if he's 0 for 5. So stick with it. And if I'm Justin Orange, dude, don't even worry about missing or making shots. Regardless of what you do, you're already impacting the game just by being on the floor. Something that I've said before and Joey and I have talked about it is that, you know, timeliness of a Justin Orange 3 can be so much more important than volume. And yes. I think it's only a matter of time until he hits that big three and then that gets him going or he hits that game winner or a rarity little Justin Arnes pump fake will drive yep. the lane if it happens tomorrow you have to say Justin Arnes drives the lane drive the lane great podcast oh but that's good I'll, I'll, uh, you know what if that happens I will do my best because I like that okay it's but just corny yeah, enough for me the other way you could do it and, and how our good friend Chris Vosters did it um was when EJ blocked the shot and the odds are he's going to block a few shots yep. tomorrow night. If they show the replay, you go, Oh man, don't drive the lane on EJ Liddell. Oh, that's good. Great, great yeah. podcast, by the way, that's shout, good. Out, shout out to my high state guys or whatever he said. It was, that was just so good. What right, I, now I'm jealous of Foster. So I have to do it. <laughs> what I was actually going to transition to is a lot of times teams don't make shots in the big 10, which is why, the top four teams all have only two losses right now, and it's all really, really, really close. And Ohio yeah. State's got a bunch of games left against Michigan State, Illinois, Purdue. How do you see the Big Ten shaking down? Because honestly, going into last night, I was like, all right, winner tonight's going to win the Big Ten. But then it's like, yeah. oh, wait, what about Wisconsin? Oh, wait, what about Ohio State? Oh, hey, forget about Purdue. It's like, <laughs> how, how do you see it shaking out? What Joey and I kind of always do is give us your, your four – 
top seeds for the Big Ten tournament because that's yeah. you know you don't have to pick one. I mean, to to me, Purdue is still at the top. They they haven't even played their best yet. Now Purdue got stuck in a bad, well, a bad habit of we can outscore our opponent because we are that good. And they stopped defending the way Purdue used to defend. And, that, and that's fine. Like people freak out about it. And they think that, oh, they're never going to reach their potential. No, they just need to lose a few games. And they have. And that's good. They're still a Final Four caliber team. The other team right behind Purdue and, and not too far behind Purdue is Illinois. I mean, when, when you consider like Illinois, what they did with Al Corbello and Kofi Coburn, that's a great win. But I just look at that as a game. Like I, I don't, I don't sweat a game. I don't really care about that. What I care about is can you develop into who you should become? And that's another to me, final four caliber team with Kofi Coburn, Andre Curbelo, and the whole rest of the bunch. That's a final four caliber team. They can match up against anybody. They're, they're versatile. They're adaptable. They can adjust the game, which I think is rare in the big 10 Purdue can do it. You know, Illinois can do it. Not sure Michigan State and Wisconsin, who I have next. I think Wisconsin probably falls in third, Michigan State fourth, because I think people are going to start to see some vulnerabilities for Michigan State, some limitations that you can exploit. You know, those teams have to have the game played a certain way. Now, you can get away with Johnny Davis taking over, but you can't rely on that all the time. So so I look at that. I, I look at Purdue, um, Illinois, probably Wisconsin, and then Michigan State right now. Michigan State, the only issue for me is that I, I just think there's a, there's a ceiling that we haven't found yet, but it's there, right? It's that glass ceiling that you keep jumping any higher, you're going to hit it. And, and I do feel like there are limitations to them that may not get exposed in Big Ten play because they've been consistently good at what they do, and they've focused on an opponent's vulnerabilities and weaknesses, but I'm not sure they have the top side potential in the NCAA tournament. I think that's what concerns me. The two to me, Illinois, Purdue, those are national caliber teams that, that we should be talking about this year because 2000, last time we had a national champion and, and we keep defining conferences is by whether they win a national championship or not. Yeah. I, I think what we've, we did kind of like a big 10 sort of like preview halfway through the year. Cause obviously the majority of our listeners are football fans. And so yeah. they are transitioning now that, you know, the college football playoff is over and the, and the, you know, everyone's team is out of the playoffs except for the Bengals. Um, <laughs> now we had to give a kind of, Hey, welcome to college basketball. Here's what's going on sort of deal. Yep. And what we talked about in terms of those teams, obviously we've got the same sort of deal going on where Purdue is and Illinois, I think are head and shoulders above everybody pretty much. Yep. Wisconsin is close behind and what Michigan state to me is lacking is like a dude. Like they yep. always had it. They always had a dude. They got. They yep. had a Cassius Winston, even like a Nick Ward or a Miles Bridges, right? They had a dude. And now it's like Gabe Brown is great. Max Krisky is probably the best freshman in the Big Ten, but, like, they don't have a dude yet. So that's yep. kind of like they're always going to have a high floor, but kind of what you said, they got a low ceiling this year probably. Whereas, like, Ohio State, we've got dudes. Therefore, we probably have a higher ceiling, but also yep. a lower floor as well. Yep. So we Bunch all know guys. That, you know, bunch of guys, know. no exactly. dudes. You're right. Yeah. Bunch of guys, no dudes. And, you know, when you get into that next tier of teams, it's like all of the same, right? Indiana's the exact yep. same. Michigan's the exact same. Iowa's the same even. Yep. And then you get to a team like Minnesota, who we play tomorrow night, and I'm interested for the listeners who don't know much about Minnesota because it really is like a brand-new team with brand-new players and a brand-new coaching staff. You know, where do you kind of see them fit in 
in the Big Ten because they've been a surprise so far. Yeah, they've been good. And you see this a lot with new coaches. Um, guys buy in early because it's exciting, right? Fans buy in early because it's exciting. It's new, right? Like you, you get a, you get a, uh, if you ha- say you have a Mercedes and it's a 10 year old car, you buy a new Kia. You're still excited about that new Kia because it's new. It's got some, some, some gloss to it. You know? Smells so, good. Right. Like it's just, it's all good, but you know, maybe over time you're like, yeah, it's not the Mercedes, you know? So right now they're riding a wave. They're focusing on little things and that's, what's made them good. But at some point, the expectations that have plagued Minnesota basketball for years are going to creep in. And the expectations are they should be playing for big 10 championships. And that's the challenge that that new head coach Ben Johnson has is you've got to recruit to a level that lives up to the expectations that the external folks have. And that's hard, man. That's what Richard Pitino struggled with. You have to be strong enough. And I would say it's like that here. It's also like that at Indiana. You got to be strong enough to establish what your expectations are and cut out the noise to the point where you have such a good narrative about your program that you establish the expectations that the fans adhere to. So right now it's easy. They don't have pressure on them. And, and I don't think people realize what them. I mean, you get it. Like you, you're around the team, you're with guys, you understand what the pressure of expectations is all about. I mean, it's hard to live up to it. And I think that's been the biggest challenge for Minnesota in terms of sustainability. But right now look, they've done a lot of the little things. Well, they play hard, they communicate, all those things that, that Chris Holtman taught in his first year, right? The simple foundational principles, they're all there. But the second you start to think about those external expectations, you start lacking in that department. You, you pull away from that and start to get yours. You pull away from that and say, we got to score. That's what concerns me the most is first off, the second time around in the Big Ten for Minnesota, which is coming up, right? Second time around for Minnesota, where you're seeing a team's the second time, they know what you do. They know who you are. They know how to attack you. They know what your vulnerabilities are. They know what, they know what you, they know what you want to do and they keep you from it. That's what defines you more. So I'm interested to see them the second time around, but then follow next year. It's not just about recruiting. It's can you get these recruits to play doing the little things well, so that, that allows you to be sustainably successful. That, that's been hard. I mean, this is, look, it's a city. I just got here. Um, you forget this is one of the few Big Ten programs that's in a city, and it's different. The expectations of a pro sports town are always different. Mm-hmm. The interest in, in a local college or, or university in a pro sports town is different, and there's a lot to live up to. I, I'm just kind of sitting back and watching it and appreciating what they're doing right now, but knowing that next couple of years are going to be tough. John, I got, I got one last question for you, which – is really just code for until I think of another one. Nice. But my last question for you right now is Andy Katz released his, you know, mid-season Big Ten first team. All yeah. right. E- EJ Liddell was not on there. Yeah. So what I'm going to have you do is can you give us a first team of seven, though? So we don't want to ruffle any feathers. Yeah. It's really six because it's EJ Liddell plus six so that you don't get in trouble from the listeners. Well, I would do – I'm trying to think back from a couple games ago. I forget who we had. I think we had Illinois. So Kofi was on the list. So to me, I had Kofi, um, Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis – I'm pretty sure I'm not sure if I think I had trace Jackson Davis and then EJ. And here was the issue. People got on me because there were no Purdue guys. 
and I, and I spun it in a way, cause this is like a little politician in me. I said, guys, Purdue is good because they're good together. No one guy has to be great, right? Think of Zach Eady and Trevion Williams, right? They, neither one of them are playing that many minutes. Their productivity in the time they're on the floor is great. Jaden Ivey doesn't have to score 20 points a game. He needs to be complimentary to, to the whole. So there's a reason why they may not be on a first team all Big Ten. People don't like to hear it, but that's the reality. Look at the production. How do you take away the production of EJ Liddell? How do you take away the production of, of, of Trace Jackson Davis? You know, given the fact that they do have limitations and inconsistencies. I mean, you look at what Kofi's doing, Keegan Murray. I mean, th- there's going to be guys you leave out and so be it. it. It's just what it is. And I, I like to remind people when they really get mad is life isn't fair. Like, I'm smiling because Joey would say Trace Jackson Davis, if you raised the hoop a little bit and he couldn't dunk, that you'd be oh, yeah. able to take him out because Joey says it would be. Dunk. But you know what's funny? You know what he does and no one can stop him. Thank you. Like, it, it blows my mind. I know. All right, where is he going to go? Right shoulder, left hook. All right, he's still going to spin back to his left, and he still does it. Now, he has shot some right-handed shots, so I'm going to give him that. Uh, he has gotten better. But if you know what you do and you continue to do it at a time when you know that your opponent knows what you do and they somehow continue to allow it, then I have to just shrug my shoulders and say they must be pretty darn good. So I'm going to give him credit for the numbers he puts up. It it takes a lot for me to like publicly be like, I not, I hating, I'm hating on the dude. I don't hate him. I'm hating. I got you. It takes a lot for me to do that publicly, whether it's Twitter or on this podcast (laughs) or whatever, because like, I don't need to hate, I don't need to hate these 18 year old kids or whatever. Like I, there's, there's, there's no bad blood between me and them, but like a guy like him who, just all he does is dunk and beats yep. Ohio State because all he does is dunks. It's like, dang, like I want with someone like that on my team. You know, it's just yeah, it's the Brad Davison effect. It's okay. Like we, you know, obviously as an opponent, you can't stand Brad Davison. Understood. If he's your teammate, you love to watch those charges. You love the flops. You love the energy and the annoying things he does because it just it just infuriates the opponent. I think during the game, it was the Wisconsin-Ohio State game, I started bringing up dudes that I remembered that I couldn't stand playing against. And it was actually comical because I'm thinking of guys that were so horribly annoying to play against. Like, there's this guy named Lucas Johnson that I remember from Illinois. Um, I I gave him a mention. And Lute Olsen in the game against Illinois, I mean, I don't know what year this was in the NCAA tournament, he actually went to the officials and said, you guys need to do something – that guy is certifiably crazy. And I was like, that's the dude I want on my team. <laughs> he knows he's not going to score 30 points. He knows he's not going to score five, but he's going to set 20 illegal screens. He's going to take five fake charges and he's going to infuriate the opponent. I love that. Well, there's I also want to play like, against it. There's also probably so many more charges because you know, there's like no three point line then. So oh, there's man. probably, a- what did I, what did I do? What did I play in the sixties? <laughs> How old am I? Yeah, like if you've seen me in person, you would know that there was no chance I could play at all if there wasn't a three-point line. <laughs> like I was the guy, like so so my brother and I were the ones, if and people will tell stories like when we played, people didn't shoot threes the way we you do now, obviously. Like when my brother played for the for the Phoenix Suns in the NBA, his first year in the NBA, he was with the Lakers for a little while, went to the Phoenix Suns. They as a team shot 15 threes a game. Like that's a, that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. Like 
I'd be shooting 15 threes a, a game myself the way the game is played today. And if I made five of them out of 15, that's great. Like the game is so different. We were the ones that actually believed in it. I mean, part of it was out of necessity because like I couldn't score over top of everybody. Morris Peterson, you know, I mean, AJ Guyton. I mean, I'm down the list, right? Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, gosh, who, who the heck was it? Michigan State, Jason Richardson. What am I going to do? Score over top of Jason Richardson? No, we spaced the floor. We, we, we stood 30 feet from the basket. And if we made a couple of those, you had to close out hard. So it's like, you know, that three-point basket, that is a game changer. I don't know what I would have done without that. What was always funny to me was Holtman would always tell me like, hey, be ready because like it or not, I was the best shooter on the team. Granted, yep. like I didn't, I didn't get to play because I didn't do a lot of the other stuff well enough. Right. So, um, I mean, what was always funny is it's like the great equalizer, right? Like, yep. I mean, the fact that guys like me could play in the big 10 was because I was a threat on offense for one thing. And one yep. thing only, it's the same reason why Duncan Robinson makes $90 million in the NBA. Yep. Same reason why Matt Thomas is on an NBA roster right now. I mean, it's just like the three point line is just, the great equalizer in basketball. And it's the reason why, like, uh, the, it's just, it's, it's unfathomable that Holtman was like, Hey, Joey, like you, like, like you have to be ready. If against this zone tonight, we can't score, like yep. we might need you. Like, it's funny because um, a guy who I'm sure people mistake you for all the time, Dan Dockich, who oh, yeah. we've, we've had on the show, obviously Andrew's one of my close mm -hmm. friends and now Andrew's close friends too. Um, and my teammate, when, when when I went into the game against Purdue in meaningful minutes, which is what I called it when I played basically in, in the first half or not yeah. in the last four yes. minutes of the game, um, when I went in against Purdue because we were down by 100 and Coach Holtman gave the whole, I'm going to play the hardest playing guys for the rest of the game, coach speak, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. I went in and Dan Dockage goes, well, Joey Lane's in, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, this guy's the best shooter on the team, which is sounds funny, but I guarantee you he gets one up while he's in. I, I didn't, but it's, it's just goes to show you that it's just, it's the great equalizer. That's all I'm well, getting. And I don't understand how guys today, I mean, we work on, I mean, look at these, these skilled trainers, right? The, uh, the Instagram trainers where they're doing some silly drill with 15 basketballs and catching a tennis ball and then spinning in a circle and doing a burpee. I'm like, wow, what a great workout guy. I'm like what the hell was that? You didn't you didn't make a shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can dribble all over the place, but your footwork into your shots terrible, so you shoot low percentage. Like it's the simplest thing to be able to do in terms of maximizing your ability on the floor, make shots. And it, you can't really just say go make shots. Give yourself the best opportunity to make shots. Get your footwork right. Get your repetitions in. It's really simple, but I think some of these kids, I see a lot of kids coming out where you go, all right, great skill, but not game skill, right? Great skill in a workout based on doing silly non-basketball drills. But once that ball goes up, no feel. Like develop a feel for the game, develop a shot. You're going to have a place. Minimize deficiencies elsewhere. You can always find ways to minimize deficiencies. I mean, shoot, I played the two in the Big Ten and started my freshman and sophomore year. Like I, I minimized deficiencies. <laughs> It's a great way of putting it. I mean, I, I should have minimized more deficiencies and I would have been uh, but okay. But John, this has been a blast. Um, the way we end every single uh, episode, and I'm sure you've been locked into all yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. Prepared. You're prepared. You know what's coming. We like to spin the table, turn the tables, uh, 
put it all on you, give you the spotlight in the sense that you are able to ask us any questions that you've been dying to ask us since okay. you've known you were coming on Drive the Lane. All right, so all right, I'll go I'll go based on recent experience driving here to cam- uh, through campus to get to the graduate hotel. When you were in school, were you the fearless college student athlete that would just friggin' walk across the street when cars are driving by? Because I, I swear on my way here, students were playing Frogger with me in driving the car. You know the game Frogger? I don't know, yeah. it was a little before your time where it's like you're dodging cars. Of course. Like, I had to have, were you guys fearless like that? We're on your phones, Chicago. tweeting, all with all that stuff? We're from Chicago. That's just what you do. You just walk whenever. Uh, that's true. That's so, true. I definitely right. was. I, I remember my first day on campus, just like, I mean, jaywalking, really, across a, a busy street, like, that was across from my dorm or whatever with my roommates and stuff. And they were like, dude, what are you doing? What? Are, what are, yeah. like, hold on. Stop. Stop. It's, it's a red light or whatever. And I was like, guys, like, hey, there's no cars. Like, let's just go. About. Freaking you know, invincible so. kids. It's amazing. All right, Andrew, you stopped playing your sophomore year in high school. <laughs> Why? And, and you don't have to tell it if it's like coach's a, a decision. Coach's, oh, coach's decision. decision. Oh, that's good. I mean, like, go into it, Andrew. I, the full story is so good. Yeah, yeah. I, this is this is now. I'm interested. What's the full story? The the European kid or whatever that came and oh, took your that's that's good. Part of it. Did Boban take your job? Yeah, exactly. But I, I've, I've never said that before, but I'm going to use coach's decision. That's good. Forward. Like D, DNP, DNP, E, A, did not play ever again. Coach's oh. decision. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Usually the DNP coach's decision means there was a random drug test involved. No, no, And no. if there's a three-game suspension, then we're like, yep, we know what it was, but we yeah. can't say – didn't that happen yes. to Didn't that happen to Caleb Wesson? Yeah, Andrew. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was you reaching out, but all everybody I've never talked to, people I just met for the first time on campus, I had a hundred texts. They were like, "Oh my god, why is Caleb suspended?" And I would just respond like, "You're a smart guy. Like, figure it out." Well, Joey, I think that was post. Yep. That was during driving lane. So I think I was just like, <laughs> I think I know why Caleb suspended. Oh, well, no, but it was, he was suspended for three games my senior year also. I was like, oh, great. We're not going to make the NCAA yeah. tournament because Caleb wanted to do his own thing. That was a little frustrating, but we made it. I've never been more nervous and anxious than I was in that two-month stretch between yeah. like the end of February and into March. I guess that's like a month stretch. I've never been more anxious and nervous. And at the same time, the relief that came over my body when our name was called like we have a video of it, uh, you know, like every, every team does. We had a party at Holtman's house and it was me sitting in the front with Keyshawn Woods. Keyshawn had never been to the NCAA tournament. And, yep. you know, c- part of our whole goal was like, let's get Keyshawn to the NCAA tournament. Like we love this graduate transfer guy. Um, and we're sitting next to each other. And my reaction versus his reaction is so funny because I got up and like hugged everybody. I'm like clapping, fist pumping, whatever. And he's just sitting there like in shock can't move just like clapping he's got some kid in his lap i think one of the kids one of the coach's kids it's just yeah I, i've never been more anxious and nervous about that i can't believe we just started talking about that from uh yeah talk, what asking is, way to cycle out <laughs> yeah, of the what, uh the, what the hell, drug man? testing what yeah. the hell man we go from me not, <laughs> playing, got there. me not playing varsity to you playing an ncaa tournament that's not fair it's, that's Sorry. great that's all right i got i got one more both of you can answer this question so name image and likeness it's an absolute freaking circus. Like, I'm not saying that it didn't need to happen. It had to happen. Our society has changed 
kids do show up with a, a perceivable value, not even just this virtual, you know, Bitcoin like value, right? It's, it's an actual value in terms of marketing dollars. You understand it. So we had to do it, but it's a total circus. What would each of you be flossing and representing for an NIL deal? And be real. Like for me at Penn State, it would have been the bowling alley and Hall's Steakhouse. I'm not even lying. Like we were there all the time. We had our own dressing in the back refrigerator with our name on it now they did sling a lot of our jerseys mainly because we look like every other common student at penn state but <laughs> i i thought that part was cool but hosses if i got free hosses steakhouse and free bowling i was in andrew go ahead um <laughs> at mizzou there's this bar called well it's called campus bar and grill but it Everyone calls it Big Real 12. Creative. It used to be it used to be called Big 12, and then they got sued by Big 12s. And they yep, get, but the kicker, Mizzou's kicker is a little thick, and everyone calls him the thicker kicker. So he has a thicker kicker burger at this, oh, nice. at this restaurant. So I think I would want like a burger named after me or something at this one bar that I also lived across from my senior year, and we went to like eight nights a week. So I'd say nice. – I'd say a burger at Big 12. Burger at Big 12, cease and desist order coming. Yeah, I got it. Remember Joey Julius of course. from Penn State? Yeah. Of course. Big kicker. He was a – talk about thicker yeah. kicker. He was thicker. He's the thickest kicker. Yeah. He was a big boy. Um, right, John, I think we talked about this when I was on the radio show. A couple things come to mind for me. Number one, I'm selling T-shirts. That was yeah, done. That's deal. right. You did say that. Yep. We, we had the towel gang shirts. We had it all lined up. My roommates from college all have them. All my teammates have them. Some of my coaches have them. My friends and family from home have them. Like, I had them made. Everyone was asking me all the time, where can I get them? How can I buy them? I told you it's not legal, blah, blah, blah. We were going to have a towel gang night at Ohio State. The NCAA said no. We were going to donate all the proceeds to charity. Didn't matter. We ended up Jeez. still having a towel gang night my senior year where – or my, my junior year where the students all had – hashtag towel gang towels and we beat Michigan state when they were number one at home. So just saying it, it could have been a great thing. So that's yeah. number one. You could number have had two, nicer, you could have had a nicer shoecase for it, for all your shoes. That's what absolutely. you're saying. Absolutely. There's yeah. no doubt about it here. Well, here's the shirt, right? Right there. That's the shirt. Oh, nice. I got I, coach Pete in the sweatshirt. Coach, coach Pete and uh, got it framed for me and gave it to me as like a graduation gift. Which that's good. Cool. Um, so that's number one. Number two is easy. Some sort of car. It would have been awesome. Like all the guys on the team have cars now. EJ, Zed, Michi, they all got cars. Even Greg Oden got a car from this local dealership that gives wow. all the football players and, and some of the basketball players cars. That's number two. And then number three, I'm along the lines of Andrew and something that I 100% thought was going to happen when I graduated and it didn't. Or like, you know, that like semester where I'm not playing and I'm done and I can do whatever I want now. We, we have a diner on campus called Sloopy's and it's famous and all the students, you take yeah. dining dollars, people from out of town come and eat there, whatever. Like it's, it's just, it's a great spot. And they have a menu of just uh, entrees named after people. Like one of the women's assistant coaches had a burger named after him and blah, blah, blah. And I wanted a chicken tender basket. That would have been nice. Awesome. And we had nice. names for it too. I don't even remember what they are. Me and my, we had some, me and my roommates had so many different crazy ideas, but, but yeah, that, a chain, chicken tender basket, Joey, Joey Lane's towel gang tender basket. I don't even know what it would be called. Oh, that's good. That's That'd good. These are like the 3 a.m. ideas that oh, yeah. you're like, oh, this is brilliant. I got to write it down. You never write it down. You're like, is that a good idea or was that just silly? I don't know. The idea is at 3 a.m. that the other activities occurring could result in a three-game suspension. It, 
Well said. Well said. <laughs> That's just, the just, 3 a.m. ideas a, is what Andrew usually calls test. Usually Andrew calls me about the 3 a.m. ideas the next morning at 8 a.m. when we're both in the office and neither one of us can talk. That's usually where the 3 a.m. ideas come into play. Yeah, see, I, I wish... I wish back in the day, because I benefited from my brother being at Penn State two years prior to me getting there. So he had already had it set up and he was, wasn't as fun as I was, you know? So when I came in, we did a lot more, you know, fun, engaging stuff in the, uh, you know, the community, not just the state college community, but the Penn State University community. So I don't know what we would have done um, in that day. I mean, cars were always, you know, gear cars i feel like i never wanted for money as much like i felt like we always had what we needed you know i wasn't loaded or anything but like i just felt like we, we always had food we always had good gear you're right though there's something about a vehicle that just yeah. screams it just screams i'm better than you and i think athletes love that stuff man it's okay oh man well next time we go through college at least we'll know how to do it so that's good yeah exactly next time Oh man, unreal. Well, John, this was a blast. We're excited for you to be on the call tonight, even though we're recording this the night before. If, and if you, someone didn't pick up on that, then, then you don't know the podcasting life. We're more excited to hear a shout out organically yeah. when it, when it happens. Another thing that and Andrew is the guy that, uh, that coins all these phrases. The best one we've got besides don't drive the lane on EJ Liddell is Justin Arns, man. Call it Justin Arms and Dangerous. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like there's there's a limit. There's a Obviously limit he has to, to it. Make one, but he also has to make one. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. No, I, I I think the thing is like I'm not as organic as I am obvious. Sometimes I'll just stop and be like, you know what? I had a great conversation last night. Boom, and I'll just tell a story. Like, that's just kind of how I roll. Then we're gonna. I'll, I'll be like, we were talking about three games suspension. We we're talking about a three game suspension for some random drug testing. Caleb Wesson. I guess. No, I'm not gonna say that, but I'll, <laughs> I'll probably find a way. Like I often, I often get a, a text from our our coordinating producer who runs all of like college basketball, and he'll always just pick on me for like. He's like, do you want to talk about any of your high school teammates while you're at it? I'm like, no, that wouldn't be relevant to the game. You know, I like, just think, just. It's I have fun with it. And as I think should. people should loosen up and have fun with it as well. They no just can't because they're emotionally vested in their team winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck with Ohio State fans. That's for sure. Yeah. One bad thing and it's game over. Even we'll survive. If so we'll survive. Yeah, no doubt. Well, this was a blast. We'll have you on again soon. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Uh, love talking hoops. And I'm excited to hear you tomorrow night. And I'm excited to hear Andrew on the show next week. Sounds good, guys. Enjoyed it. See you, man. All right, we hope you enjoyed that interview. Gotta love when we can talk all things Big Ten. Real quick before we get out of here, Joey, hopefully Ohio State takes care of business. But if they don't, win or lose, they still got Purdue on Sunday. How can they beat the Boilermakers, who have arguably better big men than them, which doesn't happen very often? Yeah, I mean, like, it, it wouldn't be fair if we didn't preview this game a little bit just because they are arguably the best team in the Big Ten. You and me kind of agree that right now maybe they're not. But at the end, when it's all said and done, they very well will be the highest-ranked team in the Big Ten at the very least. Um, and that's because they are unbelievable up front, right? I mean, just unbelievable. So, uh, like, where do you even begin? Obviously, Travion Williams and Zach Eady 
combined as a 40 minute center are the best big man, the best big man right there. You combine their productivity in the entire country. And what does Ohio state do? Well, we struggle a little bit guarding big men. So Zed key, Kyle young, Joey Bronk got to be up to the task of guarding those two guys because that's where it starts and ends with Purdue is their big men. Um, obviously can't talk about Purdue without talking about Jaden Ivey, the, maybe the best guard in the entire country, uh, a lottery pick. Um, if he is really, really good, Purdue is really, really hard to, to beat. But like, he kind of falls into the category of like uh, one, like uh, the keels on Duke. We talked about like Jaden Ivey could shoot Purdue out of a game. Like he's a good shooter, not a great shooter. So uh, now that I say that he'll probably make eight threes against us, but like he could shoot them out of the game. I love Purdue. I hate that we have to play Purdue because if I wasn't an Ohio State fan, I would love Purdue. Their culture is unbelievable. Matt Painter is arguably the best coach in the entire conference. Um, it's going to be a really, really tough game. Got to have a huge game from EJ. Um, Got to have Zed Key play a great game, whether that's offensively, defensively, or both. Uh, and then the role players got to step up. Justin Arn's got to make threes. Who knows? Maybe we'll even have Justice back. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, it's an exciting game. It's a game that is real – measuring point for the season like hey are we going to compete for this big 10 championship because right now we're tied in the loss column so we shall see it'll be a lot of fun um i think uh, well uh, i i think they have a a leg up kind of at every spot like i think they have better guard play because Jaden ivy i think their shooter with stavanovich is you know definitely right now better than justin arns and i think the fact that they got williams and Edie is that's a better duo than EJ and Zed combined or EJ and Bronk, whichever EJ and Kyle, whichever you want to do. But I think the best player is EJ. And sometimes right. all you need is the best player. To and play it's at best. home. Right. And it's a home game. If you're playing right. at Purdue, chalk it up to an L you're we've talked about a hundred times. There are six nights a week that you go into West Lafayette and you're just not winning. Same thing with Bloomington and, and Indiana. So you can chalk it up to that. If it's in, uh, West Lafayette, but it's not. It's in Columbus, and the Big Ten runs through Columbus. We, we That's a new statement that we need to make on this podcast. The Big Ten runs through Columbus. The last thing that I'll mention before we get you on your way um, is that uh, I'll be on the radio tonight, 97 won the fan, pregame, postgame with my guy, Timmy Hall. Uh, I'll be on there pregame, starting at 6, postgame, ending at 11. So you got a lot of me tomorrow night if you want it. Um, tune in, tweet us. Uh, We love you guys. This was an awesome episode. Um, Excited for Big Ten basketball to be in full swing as we move into, like, you know, these are the dog days, the days where you find out a lot about your team. It's going to be a lot of fun. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Go Buckeyes.